Good morning, evening, or afternoon. This is the Socially Intoxicated Awareness Podcast, Season 2. We are finding ourselves on this lovely Sunday evening uh, with our first guests of both Season 2 and the world, perhaps? Uh, that didn't make much sense. Anyways, um, we are your host, Toby and Scott, and we will be introducing you to or asking them to introduce themselves, uh, our lovely guests here, guests here from Cat Calls of Maastricht, if I said that correctly. So if you guys want to take it away. Yes, I, I will start. Hi, everybody. My name is Jay. Um, I'm really happy to be here today. I've been cat with Cat Calls for a long time. I'm currently drinking lukewarm whiskey, and it feels like a punishment. Um, I'm looking forward to this. Sorry. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I saw some of you already started it. We usually have a cheap and disgusting drink. I'm drinking white wine from a Upiler glass. I'm drinking the <laughs> cheapest um, German classic beer you can pretty much find. It still has some class. It's good. Um, good evening from me too, or morning or afternoon. Uh, thanks so much, Jay, for introducing yourself. We have two more lovely um, yes. um, um, guests that should introduce themselves. Here we go. Hey, everyone. I'm Anna. I am drinking Desperados, which I'm not a huge fan of, but it's what we have in the house. Uh, I've also been with Cat Colts from the beginning, and I'm also very excited to be here. Thank you for having us. Hey. Hey, I'm Mona. Um, I don't have any alcohol in my house because I forgot to buy any, so I'm not drinking anything. Um, but I'm also part of Cat Calls since a long time now and doing mostly talking. And I'm also really happy to be in this podcast. Awesome. Well, we're happy to have you. Um, we've gotten to the meat of the matter already a bit. Um, for those of you who are listening and don't know, uh, Cat Calls of Maastricht, to my understanding, is a, is a social activist group in the city of Maastricht, but I'm sure you guys know a lot more about it than I do. So perhaps you could give us some, a quick introduction to what you guys do and who you are. Yeah, um, like you said, we're a social activist group. We, are, we mostly exist to raise awareness for street harassment and catcalling, hence the name. And we're part of a global network, actually, that started in 2016 in New York with the account Catcalls of New York, which is basically an anonymous account that people can send their stories and their experiences of street harassment to. And then we will take these stories, we will go out into the city to the point where it happened, and we will chalk a small part of the story onto the ground, we will like, write it in our case, in both English and Dutch. And then we also write our handle there for Instagram. And on our Instagram account, we publish the whole stories anonymously to give people a voice and to raise awareness for just how common catcalling and street harassment are. Wow. Wow. Yeah, awesome. And, yeah. Um, what kind of... Um, how frequent is your work in, in Maastricht then specifically? Because that's uh, that's that's where your your local work is um, based. What kind of examples do you have, uh, like personal stories that would be really interesting to hear? Um, so basically, we sh we talk two times a week um, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and um, yeah, we've had stories, people telling us stories since September. So we have a bunch now because, of course, we're going a little bit slower than. Uh, we cannot talk as soon as they send us, um, but we have like 
I don't know exactly how much, maybe Anna, you know how many exactly like messages we, have, we got? We have about 50 still lined up that we haven't posted yet. And I think we have already posted about 60 and we get more stories than we put chalk. So it still keeps growing and growing. And we still have this like really long line of stories to share. Which it's awesome that it's being shared, right? But it's a terrible sign that there's so many lined up, eh? Um, could you talk us through what one of these chalking event looks like? Because I remember correctly, a couple of weeks ago on a Sunday, there was a big event. Is that the norm or um, which also recently made it in the newspaper? If I if I saw right, huh? congratulations. Yes, thank um, you. And you are correct. We did have a large public event, um, but that's pretty rare for us. Usually our chalking is very small scale. It's usually one of us and maybe another person or three people, sometimes if we're lucky, going out together. Um, to chalk, it takes about 30 minutes to write the entire phrase. And then we go our separate ways again. Um, it's, it's very casual, it's kind of spur of the moment, but we try to do it at least like twice a week, if we can. And we also have a bigger team. Uh, we are about like, in total, I would say we like 20 people, 25 people. Um, some people are like completely into chalking, so they completely devoted to chalking. And some people are more into like, uh, managing the Instagram account, etc. Um, and uh, yeah, it's usually um, the people from the talking group, we got together, two people, sometimes you meet new people. Um, and yeah, we go in the city and we just uh, face <laughs> people's comments, which are generally really nice, Re generally mm -hmm. really nice comments. Yeah. Wow. And, um, and in terms the... yeah. Sorry, with no, the no, amount of people we are, it's uh, a lot more work than you'd think, I would say, because it's not like, oh, you know, you go out, you do the chalk, and then you're good. But there's, of course, also the editing and the posting and the messages we get. We try to really take our time to reply. So sometimes it's also like half an hour to reply to a single message because it's really important for us that we take the time to hear people's stories and to respond to them in an adequate way. So yes. yeah, there's a lot behind the scenes as well. Mm -hmm. It's yes. a lot of work, but it's worth the effort. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Um, when you say this is um, a global organization and uh, it started in New York, how many, um, is there a frequency of point of contacts with um, like other subsidiaries, let's say around? Um, yes, contact with other tech halls organizations like in, is, the, in different countries as well or within the Netherlands yes, you also it is have local seamless and it is frequent uh, many all of, or a lot of cat call accounts are part of one huge master group chat um, for all the cat call, cat calls of the world um, and communication within that group chat is so frequent between organizations from everywhere from Japan to uh, San Francisco um, that my phone is blowing up constantly all through the day, just message after message, idea after idea. It's really, um, it's really a circle of, of education and of an effort to sort of help one another. That's really neat. That's really neat. Mm -hmm. I've, I've never heard of it. I lived in Maastricht uh, for what, four years. I didn't hear of it at all. And um, that's awesome that you guys do that. And it, how long has it been around? It's been a little bit less than a year. So we started out last September. 
Okay, cool. cool, cool, cool. And from from what I've seen, you've been growing quite explosively since. Huh? I'm, I've got the Instagram page open and I'm seeing uh, somewhere in the yeah, range me... of 1,200, 1,250 uh, subscribers. So uh, clearly the messages you're, you're giving a signal boost to are messages that are wanting to be heard. Yeah, it needs to be heard. It's really exciting that it needs to be heard that what we already saw like right from the beginning that just as soon as we started out, we got so many followers and so many messages and people were really excited about us existing. So I think we definitely like hit the spot there. And also um, because um, I think you mentioned it, but we also uh, were the subject of a, of a newspaper article um, in the Limburger and it reached out even more people that are not on Instagram and that cannot have access to Instagram because they're older because whatever reason. And um, I also know that they also um, got to know about us through like other means of like than Instagram. And uh, mm. so that's also really, really great, I think. Like older people coming to talk to us, like, oh, I've heard about you on the newspaper, you know. That's really, really cool. nice. We hope yeah. to be there someday for a way less significant um, reason. <laughs> oh, <come on>. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to take up that space. <laughs> for anybody who's not from the Netherlands or doesn't know, um, Limburger is the local magazine for the southernmost area in the Netherlands, Limburg. Um, for the one listener who's not in the Netherlands. And uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but then considering the, the success of the past, I do wonder, uh, what is your, do you guys have plans moving forwards? Um, now having tasted newspaper fame? Um, our plans are to keep trucking, keep doing what we're mm -hmm. doing. We're not really interested in fame. Um, we actually just had a re meeting recently where we reiterated, we are not interested in fame. We're not interested in our name getting out there. Our purpose, first and foremost, is to improve the lives of the people within our community by raising awareness about street harassment and harassment in general, um, and also by boosting feminist platforms. Um, our, our plans for the future, I could say near future, is we hope to come in contact personally with more members of Cat Calls of Maastricht. For a lot of our work, we have been separated forcibly by the COVID-19 pandemic, but um, we hope that as vaccines roll out, we can meet one another in person and have a more, a glue our group together, sort of, if that, if that makes sense. We want to make ourselves stronger. And we also hope to reach a more local demographic because what's great how many people are following our account it is still a lot um, international students which is something we see a lot of the city here that you have this strong divide between local Dutch people and the international students so really hoping to also reach more locals which is what the newspaper feature for example is amazing for because catcalling happens to everyone and we sometimes get stories like messages from Dutch women from the area who already have children who are our age and who also tell us their stories about street harassment and talk about how happy they are that something like this exists now and that we are like raising awareness for it. So I and I think all of us really hope to also reach more locals and make it maybe also a space that we can all bond together over our shared experiences of harassment. Mm -hmm. If you got to bond over something, huh? Yeah, I'd prefer to bond over alcohol, but yeah. Sure. Um, we can also. 
<laughs> yeah, usually it's usually it's both. I usually mean, you crack open a bottle of wine, and then suddenly all the trauma starts pouring out. <laughs> exactly. Amazing. I think it's really good that you also because in cities like Maastricht, it's a student town, and it's um, it's, it's it's such an international university that you have very few local people. So those often turn into some form of a minority, as uh, as all the internationals kind of um, like you know, go their own way and stick together in their own way. And uh, I noticed that a lot in Maastricht playing basketball. There was, that's how we really managed to connect with locals as well. And um, it's that kind of, you know, situation where you need to reach everyone. So that's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, the thing was also is that we always uh, translate in Dutch, you know, we always like we have both in English and in Dutch. So to make sure that the locals and the people that are like, not English speaker people can also understand what it is about. And we always make sure to always have the translation everywhere, like in the community talk also that we had, we also had a banner in English and in Dutch. Um, it's really important because it's got calls of Maastricht, you know, like it's really important to be able to have something that is so local because we can all emphasize with each other because we're all living like everybody know Brussels to track, for example, you know, yeah. like everybody on the bridge and stuff. And it just makes, the feeling of community even better because that's what we want to reach you know a feeling of community like we're all in this together um and nice yeah that's, exactly <laughs> and that's what's really important i think for this um organization specifically yeah agreed and, and kind of in the uh, vein of what both of you said last i do think there is this kind of uh, almost like a barrier an unspoken barrier between the student population and uh, the adult population and if this is something that can really bring these two groups together, I think there's a, so much potential for doing good. Because I feel a lot of the social activism runs through uh, students or runs through the university. And I mean, I don't know, I'm, I am a student um, myself, so so I don't know how it is from the other perspective, but I, I could imagine it to feel alienating towards um, people who are from around here. Yeah, definitely. Because um, last time I was talking to um, this lady that came to me that was from Maastricht and um, she was telling me how um, the feminist movements back in the days in the 80s were actually quite like good and big uh, in Maastricht. Like they had a, a feminist library and um, there were also like um, uh, the house of the woman uh, that is on the other side of the river, actually, um, which is like here to support like um, abused women or like precarious women, etc. But I think that their activity is now quite limited. Um, and that's very true that like um, the, the, the organizations are usually towards students because it's always in English, it's always topics that would be interesting to students, like really conceptual and like um, really intellectual, uh, like topics in general about feminism. And what I like about Calculs is that it's, it's such authentic, you know, it's such like um, concrete stuff um, that you can do and that everybody can do and that doesn't have any targets, uh, audience target or whatever, um, mm -hmm. which I think is really nice. I would just like to point out how amazing that pun was. You said concrete as you chalk on concrete. I thought that was amazing. <laughs> um, but I fully agree with you. I fully agree with you. And I think also over time, you have to keep pushing for change. And even if something was accomplished in the 80s and 90s, that doesn't mean that you're done or that, that, that the goal has been reached and you got to keep pushing for it. Um, so I fully get that. 
Yeah, and I mean, you get that. Um, I mean, people tend to say that, right? Oh, you know, we've we don't need feminism anymore. We're past that, and sexism is not an issue anymore because the women can vote now. But um, yeah, I mean, we we very much see, of course, to us it's obvious that it's like still a huge thing. But also something that we saw since we started the account that for so many people it's like they're not aware of just how common catcalling and street harassment are. Also, a lot of women who do experience catcalling frequently, we all tend to think of it as a singular issue of like, oh yeah, that's something that happens to us. It's like annoying. But then when you have accounts like these and you see it happens to everyone every day and it's so common. And that's what I really love about this account. And that's what I think also social media is great for to raise awareness for that and to give people a platform. Absolutely. Definitely, like something um, that I really uh, realized when we had the Sunday um, community talk, because uh, on this day we had like a bunch of people coming. We had like a Facebook event, and basically, I don't know how many people showed up, but like a bunch in the end. And you could just feel how people were like how it is important to have a space to be able to express all of that, because like a of course, it's like a huge way to raise awareness, which is amazing, and political change, et cetera, et cetera. But it's also, it's so much grief that we have within ourselves because it happens all the time. And there is no way to be able to really express it in, like, except for maybe talking to your friends about it. But then, like, it's not that you don't feel heard, but like on, on community talk like that is really that, you you just let go so much of what happens to you all the time and you're all surrounded by people that go through the same thing and just being able to to have to to really express that and being able to really let go of this you know burden even sometimes um is i think is really important and i think it's a great thing that i just realized during the the sunday events and i think a great point that you make is um that that we as like women in general just assume that it's just part of life instead of it's maltreatment and that it's like so subconscious almost that you have to realize it yourself and that's that's from a woman's perspective from a man's perspective uh it's even harder because if women are having trouble or like realizing it then you know it's it's uh tough and it's amazing that that awareness is raised because then behavior can be changed yeah, it's it's. I remember being confronted with um, with catcalls of Maastricht for the first time through friends, and uh, I remember the question being asked. You know, you guys aren't like this. What would you do if you saw it happen? And in my mind, I was going, I would love to be able to say I would interfere, but in in all honesty, I haven't seen it. I, I've seen it happen like twice, and those were cases where you know I was cycling home and uh, with 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 a friend, and you know the, a guy comes running up and you. You know, it's it doesn't seem like a thing that that happens often. And just the being confronted with the sheer frequency of it all was, you know, and yeah, was shocking. <laughs> and I, I I know it sounds like I'm sorry, sorry, Anna, I'll, I'll I'll pass it on right right to you in a second. But I know it sounds like you know I'm the victim here, but it really isn't. It's just to show, <laughs> it's just to show, you know, if this is this ridiculous to me, I can't imagine how ridiculous it is to people experiencing it actually. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. I'm ridiculous. Um, yeah, no, I do definitely 
thing that like especially as guys it's like I think there's also things a lot of things that you don't maybe notice are harassment but we're also just not trained to see them like the other day I was talking to a friend and I was talking about how absolutely disgusting in my opinion one of the worst forms of like street harassment for me personally is just staring which is like getting stared at because that's like something like if you get yelled at you're like fuck you and you can like throw them with a finger and whatever there you know okay something just happened but with staring it's so easy to like talk yourself talk your way out of that and that's something like and then when i was talking to my friend i was like oh yeah staring is the worst and my friend was like oh but why like what's the problem with looking at someone and Mm -hmm. it is like you notice the difference you're in a park and a guy is sitting on a bench just staring straight at you basically without blinking for like 10 or 15 minutes you know the difference but you also won't go up and like confront the person about it because that is really scary and they can still just say like oh no i'm just sitting here i'm just looking around and that's like where those perspectives are just so different that's another thing that i hope we can like change with our account to also help guys get more awareness of like all of the different forms of street harassment but also women because we get so many messages where women text us like very clear examples of street harassment that make them super uncomfortable and every time it's like oh but i don't know if this counts as street harassment you know oh but nothing happened and stuff like that because they weren't physically assaulted so it's always like oh but i don't know if it counts if it's like bad enough but if it makes you feel uncomfortable it is bad enough that's the, that's the question I would interject here, like to continue discussing this is um, I, I, I know that that girls and guys do this. If, if someone that you think looks attractive comes across you and you're walking by, you turn around and you kind of check them out. And there's varying degrees to that, obviously. But can you draw a line? Because you can't in that moment, um, like, like know if that person will be feeling uncomfortable. So it's, I know it's maybe a dick question to ask, but I know it no. goes both ways. So I'm just in terms of transparency. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a good question to ask. And it's, it's a relevant question, I think. Um, and, and please add your opinions on this. But at mm-hmm. least in my opinion, um, there's often a difference in the type of staring, like, like checking, like a quick glance to check out somebody is totally fine. Everybody does that. And it's oftentimes subconscious. What we're talking about is I go to the grocery store at nine, 9am or something. And an old man follows me through the entire grocery store and stares at everything I do. And then I have to take the back roads home because I don't know. I don't want him to know where I live. Like it is a difference. You know, I think, I think a lot of women are hardwired to be very aware of their surroundings, particularly the people around them out of safety. Um, uh, We are, you know, compared to the average man, much physically weaker. And it's like, there's a, there's a power dynamic there. You know, Um, you're raised from birth to think you need to look behind your shoulder when you're walking home. You need to make sure you text your friends every time you leave the house and every time you come back. Um, uh, If a car slows down next to you, you better get off that fucking road because you don't know whether they're going to open the door and drag you in. We are, we're trained from birth to be able to recognize these kind of threats and react quickly because we have to, because there's so many statistics of, of women being ripped off the street or murdered or uh, or otherwise. It's sad how many parallels 
you draw there to um, police brutality in the US and um, African really? American, yeah. Americans um, and their interactions with the police, it's that's terrifying. Yeah, your background, race, skin color, ethnicity, everything, that has also so much to do with your experience of the streets. Same as with gender. And then when these two things interact, there's a whole nother world of harassment opening up for you as well. So mm -hmm. that's something really important to also include when talking about this that you know for a white person you will also have a very different experience of street than for a black person i'm example. super lucky <laughs> yeah i mean the thing is um during the the community talk we had mo mostly women um but there were also some some guys uh some guys that were also um homosexuals and that also experienced a lot of street harassment um basically the streets are not made for a lot of people in the end because if you if you are um, homosexual, or if you are, I mean, if you, if you're, if if some people can identify this, the fact that you're homosexual, or if you're a woman, or if you're a person of color in general, you will get um, misplaced comments in general. Like I've, I've heard my friends that are like, you know, Asian also getting a lot of comments, especially in this time of of COVID and to stop spreading the virus or and this counts also as harassment of course um and um yeah it just makes is it makes the whole the whole being in the street so uncomfortable um but to answer also the question that you asked um previously i think about like how to draw the line um as as a person that would see somebody and find them attractive right um, I think that we just um, undermine the fact that we have empathy and that we can feel if somebody's uncomfortable. We can see that somebody's uncomfortable, definitely, if you look at them. If they're floating back and also like looking at you back, you can also sense that. But I mean, if you are like, if you are a 16 years old girl being stared at by a dude that is like 50 years old, um, you're clearly uncomfortable and this person can clearly see it but also when you look at somebody you can see if that person's uncomfortable and um, I also follow what Anna said about um, being um, um, just feeling like really uncomfortable in the street in general um, because like the stairs for instance sometimes when it's really sunny outside and I'm like I have red lipstick or like I have a crop top or like I have something that like would more skin i don't know yeah <laughs> or something um i i i'm i'm not so keen into uh looking at guys in the eyes anymore because i just feel like if i look at you in the eyes you're gonna feel like this is an invitation to go to come talk to me and to come actually wants to get my number or something so like the thing is like you stare at the at the fucking floor literally you stare at the floor because you just you just don't want to have interaction with these creepy old guys you know yeah and you feel like if you look at them for too long they're gonna feel like yeah that's my that's my time and they're gonna it, talk, come talk to you some people feel so entitled to our space and our time and believe that we are public property of either consciously or subconsciously that that they don't care they'll just ignore your boundaries they will walk up to you they will follow you so even something as minute as a brief second of eye contact can make somebody believe that they yeah, have the right to your time i have been followed for three or four blocks because i made eye contact with a man for a second and he followed me the whole way calling me baby asking me where i was going just 
it was humiliating. God. Man, that doesn't sound fun. So here's a normal example I would run by you if I was asking you for a line. Okay, here's the, here's the simplest situation I can think of. Toby and I are coming out of Jumbo at the market, right? We're going up the escalator and we're walking out. At that moment, two girls are crossing paths. And then I look around and I'd say to Toby, man, check out her ass. And both girls are now with their back to us. So we cannot see how they feel. And yes, it is bad to do that and et cetera. However, in that situation, is that crossing a line? Because that's like the most frequent form of staring I can think of where it might be incorrect. I mean, at least wait until we're out of earshot. Like that's, that's the bare minimum. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure, 100%. If you see somebody's ass and they happen to be 25 meters away and you will never interact with them and will not try to, sure, you can say to your friend, yeah, that person's really attractive. Cool, It's it's about if you get in our space and then you're like, oh, you have a really nice ass. Or you say to Toby while the two of you are right next to me, oh, she has a really nice ass. Because then you're putting me in a risky situation and then you've crossed the line. Fair enough. Yeah, it also is like, I guess also the way you talk about someone. I don't know when I, I'm with my friend. I see someone like, I'm like, oh wow, that person is super attractive or something like that. But there's like, yeah, different That's ways. That's respectful, well. I guess. Yeah. And when you have like a super like, oh man, I'd do that. Like that's like a completely different thing. And it's also, even if the person can't hear you, also just for yourself and your friend, like, keeps up this way of thinking and this idea of like oh you know i can say that and like that that's what i mean yeah yeah walking down the street and like it's up to me now to decide how hot she is and how much i would like fuck her or something like that which is yeah there are like also more like broader social implications to it i would say and like the way we talk about things also shapes how we think yeah i think if if i may if i may go in here yeah i think that this is a I think this is a very good example of what you bring up here, Anna. Um, the whole idea of, of propagating a way of thinking for yourself by the way you speak. Um, I, don't, I think it's, it's pretty impossible to consider what everyone is saying to their friends. However, everyone for themselves should have the responsibility in this where what Mona says comes in, which I really, really associate with, uh, with their own empathy. Yeah. Right? Um, the ability to understand and think in someone else's shoes is, is such an important thing in life. And it's so, yeah, it's so squashed, I feel, uh, very often, especially uh, in men. And like, uh, I feel like maybe, Scott, if you, if you disagree, let me know. But kind of the way uh, I was raised, not consciously, but subconsciously, uh, or bet- between the lines, was often like empathy is a, is a female trait, right? Empath- empathy isn't something you do if you're masculine. And it's, it took me a long time to kind of realize. And, um, one of the things we were talking before we started was a symposium where I heard something very wise. We were sitting in a round and people were um, saying the thing that makes them special, right? If you have, if you had to pit, say one thing that makes you special, what would it be? And all the women said something like uh, empathy, I listen. And uh, all the guys said, you know, like uh, I solve problems, you know, you give me a problem, I'll, I'll uh, you know, I'll give you a solution. And one of the guys said, um, I... I'm really good at figuring out how other people uh, feel and to make them feel better. And I remember to this day, the uh, person leading the symposium going, you are the one person I would remember today because you were the one person to say something that isn't normal. Uh, and I think the idea that, yeah, this kind of propagation of, of a narrative in our own head um, would be so much 
easier for the rest of, of humanity if we just stopped and thought about, you know, if, if we had to listen in someone else's shoes for a moment. Yeah, think... you, you have to ask yourself every time you're talking to somebody, is this important to say? Is this kind to say? Are you being empathetic? Do you care about their reaction? Are you making them uncomfortable? And I think that is one of the things that you guys really do well is you confront this, right? You it's, force... because we've been, it's because we've been trained to. It's because it's considered like it's not okay for men to be empathetic. But on the other side, women or, or visually presenting women, um, people who identify as female, um, this is an okay thing to do. If anything, it's expected. Women are expected to be the emotional creatures. We're expected to take on a vast amount of emotional, um, emotional labor, particularly in relationships, because we're supposed to be better at it. But that's bullshit. Everybody's capable of empathy. Everybody's capable of love. Takes two to love. So, <laughs> um, I think what just what you just said, Tobias, was really really striking a really striking example for sure um and empathy is just so easy to have because you just can recognize how people feel you can literally see on their face on their body language how they feel how they are um not necessarily what they think right of course not but like you can feel that and it's the most genuine intuition that we have is to be able to 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 because we have faces and we've recognized how people feel thanks to this facial um, movement, etc. And what Scott just asked also um, about how to draw a line is exactly is what we are talking about here is that there is no like objective, um, there is no rule. There is not something like this is bad, this is good. This is really about the moment. This is really about your own intuition. You, you cannot make a rule on how, how, in a situation that would always be something that would be like not crossing a line because you just because it's just so different from situation to situation so of course shouting to a girl that she has a nice ass in the streets is always bad but i think this is more like this is out of empathy this is out of like maybe she didn't take it like this is just offensive in that case but generally what is kind of blurred and what is kind of a gray zone is always up to like like how do i think that she felt about that you know it's like i wouldn't say there is a clear cut how to deal with um flirting in the street or how to deal with cat call and stuff mm -hmm. i also wouldn't um i think we shouldn't um forget how much socialization can also improvise, uh, <laughs> influence us. So, I mean, you, we were saying, like, and you were also saying, like, as a guy, you don't learn to be empathetic. You learn that you shouldn't be empathetic because that's like a female trait. It's a girl's thing and stuff. And I do think that we have a genuinely different perception of public space which is why I would say to any guy who would ask me, like, he wants to know more about it, follow us, of course, but also follow other accounts. Um, anything that's, like, not from your perspective. So, for example, follow accounts by... Um, there's, like, great accounts for anything, basically, about uh, being Asian in the Netherlands. 
about experiences of black people there's ex um, of experience of queer people there's like so many different accounts and so many different voices and opinions out there and that's something that social media can be great for as i think i've also said before to broaden your horizon and to listen to others and to their experiences to see how differently you might perceive things because like when you're in a security you might not notice I've had it before, like whenever I walk up certain streets, especially here in Maastricht streets, I, at night, when I'm alone, I just completely change the way I walk. I'll like wear a hoodie. I'll like move in a more masculine way, basically. And it's happened to me once, right after our first meeting with catcalls, I was walking up the street and there's a woman walking in front of me and I was just there like in my own thing trying to look as intimidating as possible so people would leave me alone. And then she turns around, sees me and changes the sidewalk to the other side of the street <laughs> because she was like apparently felt You were very masculine apparently, yeah. She thought mm -hmm. that I was a guy following her and then I just like took down my hood and was like, no, no girl, I'm also just trying to stay safe. I'm sorry, didn't mean to scare you. But yeah, these like there are so many things that we constantly think about and that we constantly try to be aware of that I think if you don't learn about that, it's like hard to imagine. Mm -hmm. The other day at our community talking event, I was talking to someone and then we were also talking about these things. It's like, yeah, all of these precautions we take to stay safe. And there are so many things that like we don't even need to explain to each other. Like when I'm somewhere and I feel unsafe. I'll send my location to a friend of mine. If my friend receives my location, she knows what's up. I don't need to explain. She knows I'm somewhere. I feel unsafe. And if I don't check in with her after a certain amount of time, she's going to try to find me, call the cops, however like dire the situation may be. But if I would just send my location to a male friend of mine, he would probably be like, yeah. what's up, why are you sending my location? You'd have to, you'd have to tell him beforehand. That yeah, you're, exactly. yeah exactly you'd have to warn him i might send you a location because i might be in danger yeah do you know do you know the key thing between your fingers do you guys know oh, about that? oh yes yeah. of course so and, and apparently that's bad for your fingers you should hold them in your <laughs> fist like this yeah. I, I, it, for those our listeners right now i'm holding my fist with the keys like kind of all wrapped like up in my fingers pointed forward like a shiv um, this is how you're supposed to do it. And it sucks. But the fact that like, yeah. good, good example of, of this, I love, I love Anna's statement about the difference in perception of like public space. Um, like a, a good example, sometimes when I go to parties, and I have several male friends, right? And I'll be like, I mean, Toby's one of them, he knows, I'll be I'll beg them in the evenings, like 930, 1030, 11 o'clock at night when, like, please, can we go on a walk? Can we please go outside? I'm not asking it because all I want to do is go outside or I need to go out. It's because I don't get to if I'm alone. But if I'm with a man, I know I'm safe. And then I can go outside and enjoy the night air um, unthreatened. I feel safe around you. So that's why I ask. And that sucks. I can't even walk around at night alone without like sending all my location to my female friends and, and having my boyfriend on the other end of the line constantly. Because I don't want somebody to pull me into their car or like in their house or whatever that's a shitty constant fear to live under it is it is and this is why we do the work we do because we feel that nobody deserves to live under fear particularly in a place like you know where they live with their friends like it's stupid i think the 
I think one of the things you guys are really hitting on with um, the whole concept of the chalking, which has come up during COVID, is the concept of a home has become more important and more sacred, at least to me and to to what I know about the people around me. Uh, this con this concept of of uh, safety in in your own in, in your own space, safety in your own home, um, and how this virus is kind of infringing inf infringing upon it uh, in a public space. Um, and I feel the nerve you might be hitting there, and, and I don't know, right? I'm only me. I don't speak for for many people, for any people really. Um, but this confrontation with with the fact that this, it, you know, the street isn't uh, the home for more than half of the population, and safety isn't an assurance for mo for so many people out there. Is yeah, I mean, I'm ashamed to say, it, but it's you know, it could be a bit, it, it is a bit foreign um, mm -hmm. to some. And don't I be think ashamed. Confrontation. A learning experience you should not feel shame about it and in fact you should be proud of yourself for listening to us for all of our listeners too you should be proud of yourself for taking the time to listen and ask us questions this shows that you care and this is all we're asking that's all we want is you to care well and then to change yeah, that, yeah also, obviously arguably if you okay. listen to this and you go at the end of this you go you know what Fuck this. Um, <laughs> don't come back. Stay away. Yeah. You know, if, if you hear this and you go, nah, this is fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fuck you and don't come exactly. back. <laughs> I, I want to I wanna bring, bring up a topic and, and please stop me if this isn't appropriate right now. But recently, Anna went to a workshop in which she learned a lot about um, things like bystanders can do. Um, and you brought this up earlier, Toby, feeling lost. You witnessed catcalling and street harassment before. Um, maybe you've even, without realizing it, seen women being followed home. It's hard to tell. Um, but there are tools that you can learn to, to step up and defend that stranger and end that confrontation, if you would like to learn, because I'm sure Anna would love to share. Can I interject briefly with a question I have to that? So often, of when I think we've all seen catcalls happen. And it's a matter of two seconds. It's a very, very short span of time. And in terms of reacting, you can't re really do anything uh, like in that moment to stop that person from, from catcalling. You can either go tell them off or I guess just continue along your way because it's, it's de-escalated anyway. Mm -hmm. And so that's a, it's something that I've experienced personally where I've also struggled. So yeah. Um, I'm sure there's something that addresses that. Yeah, please, Anna, share. That is exactly one of the things we talked about in the workshop. Um, first of all, it's um, organized by a Dutch initiative called Fairspace. And um, the program itself is by Stand Up International. So if you just check out online Stand Up International, you'll immediately get to their website. And they have a full online training that you can do that's not too long, I think. It should be like half an hour. That teaches you exactly what you can do in these moments. It teaches you a lot of different strategies. And one thing we learned about like interjecting as a bystander is that it should not be about the harasser. It should first and foremost be about the person who is getting harassed. So if you think about um, interfering, first thing to think about is how can I help the person getting harassed? And then of course, also depends on your gender, like what you might feel comfortable doing, but what, what might also be good in the situation to do. And what you were just saying with like a two second thing, 
one thing that you can do is just acknowledge it. So if you see the person, if you see that someone got um, like honked at or yelled at or whatever, just kind of go up to the person. Of course, as a guy, the person might feel even more threatened. Let's be realistic. But then just like, yeah, keep some distance and say like, hey, I just saw that happen. Are you okay? Or something like that. Because the simple acknowledgement can actually change so much for the person who's getting harassed just because it shows them like it's real. Someone else also saw that because we so often get taught with street harassment. Oh, it's nothing. Don't take it too serious. Don't let them get to you. But it does get to you and it changes how you move around public space. It changes how safe you feel. We've had stories of people who moved to different places within the city center and like, had to pay more rent just because they weren't feeling safe because they had to go like a really long street back home or something like that. So I mean, just acknowledging that something happened is already a really impactful thing you can do. And then of course it always depends on the situation, what else you might be able to do. But a thing that I thought was amazing about the workshop is that it's also about subtle interventions. So it's not, you don't always have to like go up to the harasser, punch him in the face, and be like, what the fuck are you doing? No, you can just either sit down next to the person and say like, hey girl, how are you doing? Are you ready to leave? If like you see someone get harassed in the gym, for example, you can just, if you see like a man always coming a bit closer and a bit closer and a bit closer and a bit closer to someone on the subway or something, you can like have to suddenly go through the middle of them and like through that break up that situation, for example. Mm -hmm. So there's another great example we saw was um, someone was following someone else on the street and then this guy was like walking towards them and saw this other guy following this woman. And he just went up to the guy who was following her and was like, hey, I'm so sorry, I'm lost. Can you show me the directions to this or that place? That's great. There's like all of these amazing things that you can do that are really low key and that don't escalate the situation because that's another really important thing to try to de-escalate and not maybe make it even worse. So yeah, these like subtle interventions kind of distracting the people. There's, that's like great things you can do or really just acknowledging something just happened, asking the person, hey, are you okay? Is there anything I can do? Those are but some I, really, I, really useful ones for yeah. sure. Yeah. Like, they seem really obvious, but my mind is still kind of blown. I, I will remind you, be aware. Uh, un unfortunately, we live in a patriarchal society and as men, you too have power. You have an exceptional amount of power. Um, and I caution you to be like Spider-Man and think about how you use your power. Because if you are a big man with a loud, low voice, you can get a lot of shit done and you can end street harassment real fast if you get in front of that guy and like distract him with something else. Or even if you're on the subway and you block him with your body. Like this sounds terrible, but sometimes um, public transport is terrifying for women because men will walk up to us and like touch us. Um, sometimes they'll touch themselves while pressed against us. And there's nothing we can do because um, you're forced in that position and you're surrounded by other people and you can't scream for help because then you make a scene and then everybody convinces you you're, you're at fault, you know? But if you're a big man, put yourself in between that situation, stand in front of him and look him in the eye, make him feel uncomfortable first. And then um, you will end that conversation. You will end, you, and that woman will go home feeling so much safer and better about that situation. Fun just fact, takes that in tokyo they have uh, separate carriages for women and kids so that that doesn't mm -hmm. happen at all for rush hour moments uh i think that's crazy that society has to adapt that way uh to just i think it's great 
<laughs> do, oh, like, yes. It's that really, happened. It's, it's, that really it's only carriage every time. Is that Sorry. really the change that you want, though? It's more like obviously not. All we the want. Thing, the thing is that you 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 cannot like um, street harassment is really about power dynamics, and you can have short term situation like short term solutions like having women wagon for a train, right? Because even if you even if you you want to change and a political change, we are still under harass, like we're still harassed all the time. And at some points, yes, you want it to change, but you also want to feel safe. Yeah. You also don't want to go home all the time being scared of who you're going to encounter in the train. So yeah, it's really sad, but it's also great because then you just, like that's the thing, right? It's not like we love to be harassed. We hate that actually. <laughs> no, we I, hate I, that. I, I hate and it that, every time. We actually hate it. And like, of course, this is like outrageous that we need to go up to that situation. But like at some point, you're just tired of it. You mm -hmm. know, what else can you do? Yeah. Another thing that I think that guys especially can do is talk to your friends, especially like conversations between men, between guys. There are spaces we don't have access to that. And frustratingly enough, a lot of the time we also notice that people don't listen to us as much. No, like they don't. Your buddy coming up to you and being like, "Hey, have you ever like have you heard of this account? Cat calls and masters. They're doing cool work." Or if you see your friend talking like in a derogatory way about a woman or even harassing someone, speaking about that with your friends, calling them out, and just having these conversations can be incredibly powerful and can change so much. Absolutely. Don't be afraid to talk about things like the patriarchy and feminism in your social circles, because you are victims of the patriarchy, too. You said earlier you weren't allowed to feel empathetic, feel compassionate. Um, and I feel like that's that's okay. the thing I've noticed with a lot of men. I've spent a lot of my life surrounded by men and boys because of the social circles I've just been in and the hobbies I've had. And across the board, the thing I've found is that you're not allowed to feel at all you're not allowed to feel sad you're not allowed the only thing you're allowed to feel is angry or neutral and that's bullshit talk about it talk about how you think it's bullshit talk about how you do want to feel and how you want to cry and how you want to hug your male friends and not feel weird about it because it's not weird yeah it's it's making me there's a <laughs> there's a story here you know uh, about about what i said earlier about you know empathy i feel like a lot of empathy i learned was from my friendship with scott who arguably we have a very loving relationship <laughs> um, and you know a, a very very open and very feeling relationship and uh you know the amount of times i've i've heard judgment about that is as yeah i mean not concerning because i don't give a fuck because it's my best friend and i love him but yeah you know people it's, consider it's, us to be an old married couple honestly yeah. i i love the fact that you can say that you love your friend that, oh, sure. that makes me so happy i tell all my well, friends but that's I love good them. you know yeah, it's important. Yeah, and but you the should. bar is so low. The bar is so low. Bro. I know, right? How is <laughs> this the amazing so, thing? <laughs> we're just like, that's amazing. You love each other. Like, like yeah. Oh, we live together and we're still dating. It's like really successful. Wow, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. We're even doing a podcast now. I don't know if you know, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's There's gone a lot that of commitment far. in this room. <laughs> uh. No, but it's very true. And yeah, yeah, that's very true. But also about like, I wanted to say that from earlier also, 
like that you you don't have to confront even if you're a guy and even if because that's also like even if I'm a guy I wouldn't necessarily want to intervene because I don't want to get a fist in a fist in my face because you don't know how the guys how the how the guy's gonna answer of, of course and you don't have to like really confront the person anyways even if you're a dude even if you're like 190 even if you're like huge person or whatever you don't have to confront them as Anna just said you can just like make stuff so subtle because the harassers they're dumbasses they're really dumb they usually are they usually like you could get like they're just ashamed they just know it's a shameful thing to do to follow up a woman in the street or to like talk to her blah blah so like if you're just being like what are you doing right now they were like uh i don't know you know like they're really dumb Mm -hmm. yeah just question them or, you know, I heard a story from my brother when he was in college, he would tell me stories about this crazy shit he would do. Um, and one of his favorite activities was he would find the biggest, baddest, meanest looking dude on the street and he would catcall him. I'm not saying you should catcall random people. Don't do that. That's still street harassing me. He did that and he got chased down the street. However, you can modify this. If you see a man actively harassing a woman or I don't know any person, it could be another dude, hell, catcall him back. She says, your ass is great. I'd fuck you. Say it. Yeah, I'd fuck you too, bitch. Come over here. <laughs> like, at, seriously, they are so dumb. Just th- if you throw them off their game, even for a second, he's distracted and we can get the hell out of there. Yeah, yeah the double standard. I do want to mm-hmm. stress that point again, though. It should also be about what you feel comfortable with. And again, yes. standupinternational.com. They have trainings in like so many different languages as well. They're amazing, and yeah, it's really also about what you feel comfortable with. Yeah, maybe we could link that those trainings we into are. the biography when this is done, for so sure. all of our viewers can take the course. The link will be there, Stand Up International, for sure, as well um, as Cat Calls Instagram page and website. Website? Website. Thank you. <laughs> Not yet. Facebook page. Future website. <laughs> Facebook page. <laughs> kind of. <Same> <laughs> Yeah, it is one of the I, I was really I was really happy that you brought it up, Anna, um, as you were talking about what to do. One of my first thoughts is I'm I'm a two meter tall, you know, a 95 to 100 kilo guy. If I see this and then, you know, I go up to the woman and start talking to her, I am genuinely concerned that I will do more harm than I will do good. But I think there's a few very good ideas here Yeah. about um, also, Toby, you're a sweetheart. You don't have to worry about it. He is, right? Look like a yeah, truly, Toby is a cinnamon roll. I have to say, I don't <laughs> take it as a compliment, Toby, but I, I've known a lot of men in my life, and I feel so safe around you, genuinely. You, you are a good, good human being. You have really never do. made me feel, like, uncomfortable or threatened. You have never made any red flags stand up. You have nothing to worry about. Which is awesome to hear, right? But most people don't know me. Yeah. Your and shirt is quite true. harassing. That's true. Actually. Well, all the viewers can just know that Toby is a good person. <laughs> the, the shirt is more harassing on the eyes yeah, of our guests, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, he, currently, terrible. Toby is wearing um, a very cheap plastic Heineke t-shirt. Um, it is very garish, but you know what? It is character, so it's fine. <laughs> uh, Sanford, Max Verstappen, Jungens. <laughs> <laughs> Max Verstappen. Uh, um, but I, I think I do get your concern of like being afraid of doing more harm than actually good. Um, but sometimes it's just about like really simple questions like, are you okay? You know, yeah. 
nothing more nothing mm -hmm. like don't like don't need to get really close to the person just make make a thumbs up like you're good you know or like something that mm, just that shows that you are genuinely interested in how the person feels after being arrested or those are really good tips in terms of like subtlety and just showing care and uh mm -hmm. and empathy yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, what, what, we, what you need is like just to know that somebody else is on the street and yeah. they see you too but they're not going to hurt you they know what's happening they're aware of what happened and they're on your side they don't blame you They're not going to get in your face and try to confront you about it, but they will stand up for you if something does go awry. Because often what we fear is escalation, you know, because we don't know whether a case will start with, hey, baby, nice ass and end with a knife at our throat. We go outside every day with that thought, you know, what the hell is going to happen? Hell, when I walk out past dark, I carry a knife. I don't even know how to use it, but I know how to brandish it in the air and say, get the hell away from me. Mm. Because I, I, like, I don't know if anybody else would be there to stick up for me. Mm. So if you put yourself out there and you say, yeah, I'm on your side, then you make all the difference. And it's also really important to, because the, the thing is that we just feel really alone when it happens to us. Because We're just looking up yeah. outside for like people to support what's going on right now and to acknowledge that something was up with that. And um, in the streets, uh, I mean, especially back in France, uh, in Paris, where people just don't care about you in the streets and just do their thing and just are really in a hurry all the time. You really do feel like, oh, my God, nobody, nobody, nobody saw what happened. Everybody saw what happened, but nobody's doing anything. You just feel really alone. Um, and I think like, you know, like, social interactions just can make a day like if you just go being like okay what happened do you want to talk about it are you okay just make us feel less alone in what just happened basically mm -hmm. even that's, if we just see that you were watching like that sometimes that's all it takes that's actually also another thing that came up in that training it like there's also been studies about and like psychologically it makes a huge difference the simple act of acknowledging what happened and doing anything with it can like severely lessen the trauma you get from experiences like that and um also for those listening who might experience harassment there's also on um stand up international they also have a training for what to do when you get harassed and the basic like the bottom line is talk about it even if you have like a group chat with a bunch of people that you talk through these things about or there is a an cat calls off account where you live or you just call your friend and say like hey this just happened like this guy just yelled at me on the street or something like that all of these small things can also make it so much easier for you to process what happened because you allow yourself to realize hey something did just happen i'm not crazy about this it did make me feel uncomfortable and so i should talk to someone about this of course it's also great um professional organizations to talk to. There's also several here in Maastricht, like We Care or At Ease that you can go to. But yeah, the simple act of just acknowledging that something happened also for yourself can make a huge mm -hmm. difference. Because it shows community and, and support and it shows that you are um, like there together, you're sharing it with someone. And I guess that's also what Cat Calls is all about. So that's really, really cool. Yeah, and I think uh... I think that is a fantastic spot to 
end our episode. We've hit the what hour and ten minute mark. Something along those lines. Wow, time's flown by. <laughs> well, I think I think it's a very good point to, yeah, stress community, and uh, yeah. I think hopefully those listening who have experienced this now know a bit more and know a bit more about not being alone and where to look. Um, if they don't, I'll tell you again. <laughs> There's a group called Cat Calls Off, uh, in our case Maastricht, in uh, your case maybe another city. Um, there's a website called Stand Up International, uh, which will all be linked. And uh, at this point, I'd like to thank our guests for uh, taking the time to come on and uh, share with us their experiences and wisdom. And uh, yeah, I think with that, if you have something left to say, now's the time. Thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah, thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for being on, guys. And uh, thanks a lot. See you next so week. So talks apart. We'll be back next week. Have a good <laughs> Sunday. Bye. All right. Awesome. Bye. Bye.